Hello, my name is Pete Edgerton from Your Harrogate Radio. In this special three-part series, we learn more about the Harrogate Hand Clinic and delve into various hand and wrist problems, including the processes used to treat such issues and also what me, you and everybody else can do to protect the health of a very useful part of our bodies. This is the Harrogate Hand Clinic podcast, and here comes Edward Powell-Smith. So I've been a consultant and a wrist surgeon in Harrogate for over 10 years now, and uh, steadily building up my business. Uh, and a couple of years ago, decided to branch out with Harrogate Hand Clinic, which allows me a platform to build the business and also to spread the word about what it is that we do. How complicated are our hands and wrists in comparison to other species on the earth? So I think, I mean, hands are a fascinating thing, really. So we're often, people like to distinguish us from great apes, for example, by saying we've got opposable thumbs. Actually, that's not particularly true. If you look at some of the great apes, they've also got opposable thumbs. And what that really means is that we're able to bring our thumbs around to grip onto our fingers. But I think why our hands are important is that or what makes us different from the other animals, I suppose, is, is the ability to point. And as actually Prof K, who worked over at Leeds, who really brought this to my attention. And when we're looking at babies and young children, one of the first milestones that they achieve is the ability to point. And the, through the ability to point comes language. Because one of the first things you do is you point at something. What's that? What's that? And then we develop a term for it. So actually, through hands comes language. And through language comes everything else, our ability to communicate, our ability to build societies, everything. And in my opinion, that's all down to your hands. Do we fully appreciate how much we can utilise our hands for communication, like you've just mentioned there, from, from such an early age? I think when you start to look at it, when you look at any conversation going on between any two people, a lot of that is happening with the hands. So I'm sitting opposite you, we're having a conversation, but I'm also gesticulating with my hands as well. And you can read a lot of information into that. And I think when you're dealing with hands and wrists, it's about helping people with their quality of life. If your hands stop working, they're no longer functioning in the way that you would expect them to. That's when you start to think about them. And for most of our lives, we don't give our hands any thoughts at all. And that's because they're doing what we'd expect them to do. And it's when you start thinking about it, then you start to realise what it is that you're struggling with. And as that becomes more extreme, yeah, it can stop you from doing anything. So it can stop you from getting out and about because you can't do your shoelaces up or you can't put your shoes on. It can stop you getting dressed. It can mean that you can struggle to use cutlery or self-care, hygiene, everything else. It's only when they start going wrong that you start to realise that. And you get so many people who I meet on my day-to-day life who'll say, but I know there's nothing you can do about it, so I've just lived with it for a long time. And that's really what my passion is, or where my passion lies, is that there is always an answer to the question. You know, it will depend on the individual as to what that answer is, but for any, any specific problem there is an answer to it and we can help navigate that path and find the right answer for the right individual to keep them doing the things they want to be doing, whether that's tennis, bowls or using cutlery or looking after themselves and maintaining their independence. Whatever it is, there's a solution to that. So true that you mentioned the moment you were talking there 
about you don't notice it until until all of a sudden there's a problem. Yeah. Very simply, mm-hmm. but the other the other day I nicked my index finger with a knife, and all of a sudden you you start to realise. Oh, how no. much I actually use no. that part of my hand, that no. finger, no. for doing simple tasks no. like tying a shoelace. And you see people, when they've had a, a chronic problem like that, say, say you've got painful arthritis in the finger, then you start to bypass it. And so you'll see that they start to become three-fingered. So that finger will just be out of the way and not in action. That then puts increasing pressure on your other fingers. And in fact, our hands are designed in such a way that each of our fingers has an individual job. So our index and middle fingers are designed for pinching and fine grip work, whereas your little and your ring fingers is where all of your power grip comes from. And so common misconception is somebody has got a problem with their little finger and they're like, it's just a little finger, it doesn't do anything. But that's 50% of your power grip. So if you can't use that, then you're going to have difficulty picking things up, difficulty getting things going. Yeah, so it's a significant problem for your hand if you lose 50% of that. And how common are certain problems? Is it getting worse? Are we, are we not taking enough care of our hands, of our, of our bodies overall? It's interesting. So I think that probably the problems have always been there. You know, so hand problems tend to occur in well, pretty much anybody. So those who have a really physical activity will tend to find that they get more problems with nerve injuries or nerve compressions at a younger age. But beyond that, they can occur with anybody. So we have seen generally in society a shift away from more manual occupations into more desk-based. And that's something that's happened over hundreds of years. And that's brought different types of problems, but they're still equally as valid. So we may see more problems with synovitis, so inflammation around tendons and small joint arthritis, whereas previously we would have seen more trauma and fractures. Is there any one particular problem that is is very, very common? I think the most common problem is probably carpal tunnel syndrome. And so it's, I always like to think of it effectively as a bit of a design flaw in the hand. So in the palm of your hand, where it comes onto your, joins onto your wrist, there's a bridge that sits across the top. And there's an arch of bones that sits underneath. And underneath that bridge comes all of the tendons that bend your fingers and the one that bends your thumb. So two to each of your fingers, one to your thumb, you've got nine tendons and a nerve. And unfortunately, out of all that content, only one of them is squashable, and that's the nerve. And so anything that causes slow thickening of the ligament that sits across the top, so that's some people who use their hands a lot for... whether that's heavy tasks, repetitive tasks, the ligament will slowly thicken over time, meaning there's less and less space for the nerve to come underneath. And that usually starts nighttime. People wake up in the middle of the night with numb fingers. And it's classically your thumb, index, middle, and about half of your ring finger that's affected. And they wake up in the night, shake their hand a few times, get the blood flowing again, and then it will come back. And as the problem starts to increase, it starts to become increasingly frequent and intrusive during the day. Again, it's classically when you're driving or you're on the phone or reading. And all of those are things that take your hand higher than the level of your heart, which means that you get reduced blood flow into the nerve. And that sets off that sort of tingling numbness feeling in your fingers. 
Is it a bit like pins and needles? It's exactly like pins and needles. And as it gets worse, actually, the pins and needles sort of settles and you get more numbness. So you get blunted feeling in your fingers. So it might first be noticed if you're trying to pick up something small, so loose change off a table. You just can't quite get hold of it. And unfortunately, if it's left too long and those symptoms then start to become permanent in your fingers, there is then a risk that there may be some permanent damage to the nerve. I once had it described to me that a nerve is a bit like a, uh, an electricity flex. So you've got a tough fibrous layer around the outside and then you've got your bundles, so your live green and neutral, that run down the middle. But instead of copper wires, you've got thousands of little microtubules and the chemical signals flow up and down those. But when the nerve is squashed, those little microtubules get squashed shut. And if they're left permanently shut for a while, what we don't know is if you take the pressure off the nerve, how many of them are going to reopen. And that's when you're at risk of developing some permanent symptoms. We know that a nerve can continue to recover for about two years afterwards, but there's no guarantee it will make a full recovery. So if you've got symptoms and they're intermittent, so they're coming and going, but they're getting worse then you're better off seeking treatment sooner rather than later because what you don't want to do is end up in a position where you've got that permanent numbness in your fingertips. Is treatment really quite straightforward when it comes to carpal tunnel? So like everything, there's a, there's a, a phase treatment. So if you catch it early, then sometimes splints, so you, you can use a splint at night that stops you from sort of bending your wrist in uh, overnight uh, when you're asleep, and that can take the pressure off it and allow everything just to calm down. If the splints aren't working, the second line treatment would be an injection. And the injection works by putting cortisone, which acts locally as a very powerful anti-inflammatory, into the carpal tunnel to settle any swelling that might be there and again take the pressure off the nerve. If the problem comes back after you've had an injection, then we're usually thinking about, are you ready for an operation on this? And the surgery we do is a small operation, but a proper one, if, if that makes sense. So we do it under a local anaesthetic, so just numbing a small patch in the palm of your hand, and then through a little cut, maybe centimetre to a centimetre and a half long, free up the nerve completely where that comes in. And if you've got intermittent symptoms, pretty much from the first night after your operation, those symptoms will be gone completely. The scar usually takes about a week to 10 days to heal up, and once that's healed, you're off and away. Are there any preventative measures that we can take to stop it from getting worse or to even beginning in the first place? So there's very little you can do to prevent it coming on. As I said, it's, it's effectively it's a bit of a design flaw in terms of the hand. We've got a lot of content trying to get through too small a space. And really that large amount of contents, it, it, we need it for the complex way our hands work. But it means that anything that upsets that balance can bring it on. In early treatment or in early disease, rest, so avoiding repetitive actions can help. But if that fails to settle it down and it's getting worse, then you're better off seeking treatment sooner rather than later. And what are some of the other common conditions that you see in the clinic, Ed? So probably one of the other most common is a, is a condition called Jupiter's disease. And Jupiter was one of my favourite surgical rogues, really. So he was born in France and he was one of the first people to qualify from the newly formed uh, French medical school. And he was really a, a polymath. So he did everything. 
he actually was originally most famous for treating Napoleon's hemorrhoids. But the thing that he's, uh, he's most famous or most remembered for is this condition in the palm of your hand. Not a nice human being, but an incredible surgeon. And I think he was incredibly driven. When I was training, I, I worked with a, a brilliant hand surgeon called David Elliott, and he was lucky enough to read Jupiteron's original diaries to do a, a report on the condition for the British Hand Society. And when he was doing that, he found in the margins a tiny little handwritten note in pencil that referred to some work that was done by Henry Klein. And Henry Klein was a physician at St Thomas's Hospital in London who was practising when Jupiteron was first born. And in fact, Jupiteron stole all of his work and passed it off as his own. And so it was originally known as Klein's contracture, oh, wow. but it's now known as Jupiteron's disease. So what are the common signs of it? So it's, um, it's a condition that can run in families, and it usually causes a thickening in the skin of the palm of your hand. And that thickening, as it spreads, can spread in towards your fingers, and it can cause your fingers to become bent down so that you can't fully straighten them. The, one of the most difficult things with it is how do you predict how it's going to, or how quickly it can proceed? And the answer is we can't. And it's a question of keeping an eye on it. And there's a very simple test. So if you've got these thickenings in the palm of your hand and it's starting to bend your fingers down, then the best way to keep an eye on it is just to put your hand flat on a table every so often. And if you can get your hand fully flat on the table, then that's fine. I'm just testing now, just to make sure. <laughs> test yeah, both no, hands. I think you're looking, all, you're looking all, right. all right there. If you get to the point where you can no longer get your hand flat on the table so you can get a finger underneath the palm, then that's the time to start to think about seeking treatment. And again, it's a spectrum disease. So there are lots of treatment options that are out there. But it does depend on the, on the anatomy of the Jupiterans disease that you have. So no single case is the same. It, it all differs. And, and I would imagine like a lot of conditions that we hear about, the sooner you can catch it and treat it, the better. Yeah, so often, often the better outcomes, particularly with Jupiterans. So if it's starting to affect the first knuckle joint of the finger, so you're getting a, a bent over finger at that first knuckle joint, then unfortunately that particular knuckle joint can get stiff very, very quickly. And so although you can remove the contracture and get your finger to come back out straight, the joint itself stiffens underneath. And so the outcomes can be less good if it's allowed to progress so that the joint is bent to sort of 90 degrees. Does confusion happen with some, some folk where they something like that starts to happen and they think, oh, I've got a bit of arthritis? Uh, ab absolutely. So you know, it tends with this particular condition, it tends not to be painful. So it's a slow progression of an inability to fully straighten your fingers. It's classically in your little and your ring fingers. It can affect the other ones, but that's more unusual. And it will just slowly bring them down. But it's not usually painful, whereas arthritis can cause your fingers to bend, but it's painful. And is it a misconception or, or is this true that arthritis, that it can worsen with weather conditions? No, so that's true. So, right, okay. Yeah, so we don't, we have no idea why, but arthritis is always more painful in cold, damp weather conditions and you tend to get fewer flares when the weather's warm and dry. We need to move to the med. We do. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if there are people listening 
now Ed, yeah. and they've just done exactly what you and yeah. I have done while we're chatting and put their hands flat and thinking, oh, hang on a minute, mm. there's a bit of a bit of a bend there. What are the first steps to getting in touch with yourself, booking in, maybe getting checked out? Really first steps in, in terms of, of booking yourself in. So I think if you're worried about it, then you should either contact your doctor and they can do a referral across or through Circle Healthcare, we do accept direct referrals from there as well. And all you'd need to do is to contact the Circle Hospital in Harrogate and you can book yourself in. Usually by the time people come to see me, they've got a distinct problem that they're looking for a solution for. So it's usually something that is stopping them from doing the things that they want to do, or they're able to do those things, but we often think about it, they pay for it afterwards. So yeah, you can still get out and do whatever that passion is, your cycle ride, you know, your sport, your day at work. But in the evenings when you stop, it's sore and it's painful and then it stops you sleeping. And when you get to that stage, people have usually gone through most of the other available resources and they're then looking to see, okay, what's the surgical solution for this? And website, Ed, if people would like to find yep. out more about the services that you that you offer. Yeah, so I've got a website, which is a, a Harrogate Hand Clinic, which is all one word, dot com. Uh, and that has a brief outline of, of myself and everything that we offer in there. Now, I know in the next episode of this little podcast series, Emma, your physio, is yeah. going to be popping in. And what kind of things are we going to be discussing with Emma? So we're going to be looking at arthritis of the hands uh, and wrist in the, in the next one. So really where the common places for arthritis are, what the symptoms you'd expect, uh, and really, again, what the solutions are. And that ranges from physio, which is why Emma's going to be here, all the way through to joint replacements uh, in the hand. And with any treatment that we have, physio is also critical to your outcomes. Really important. Well, thank you so much for your time. Fascinating stuff. I look forward to catching up with Emma in the next episode of the Harrogate Hand Clinic podcast. Mm -hmm.